Uh, hi, Aaron. Good to have you here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> so for everybody who doesn't know you, who doesn't know your story, um, tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. And Yeah, sure. Uh, so I run Louder Online. I'm a co-founder of Louder Online. We're a search and content marketing agency that has been around for about 11 years now. Um, so we, we're a fully distributed team and we work with medium to enterprise clients globally. So driving traffic, uh, you know, acquisition and conversion for some of the biggest companies in the world. Um, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So um, just just l let's start, start right away. So um, a lot of our listeners are like currently in the startup phase or they, they want to be founders, they want to start a business, but they don't know exactly where to start. And um, yeah, they, 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 they want to, to start a business. So um, what were your most important insights on starting a business? Like, what, what would be uh, like your best advice on starting a business? Yeah, look, probably one of the first things that I would say is don't forget to build your brand and invest in the brand while you're trying to get that immediate ROI. Because, you know, I did I did the same, my co-founder and I did the same when we started 11 years ago. We cared about, is that advertising going to get me an immediate ROI? You know, what can I do that's going to grow the business right now? And what ended up happening was that it was a good, you know, handful of years in where we knew that the services that we were providing were as good or better than our competitors, but they had brands behind them and we were getting beaten on um, big bids for big companies, right, and, and big jobs. Um, and it was at that point where we decided, you know, we're, we're going to change some things. We're going to invest in our brand, do guest blogging, do editorial content. We're going to do speaking gigs and all of these things to help build credibility. When we did that, all of a sudden, instead of closing $60,000 deals, we were closing a million dollar deals. Uh, and it, literally, it was, it was a, I, know, I know it sounds short and simple, it, it wasn't, it was over an extended period of time, but it was those key facts, the, the credibility indicators that we built over time that, that just changed things incredibly. So build your brand alongside trying to build that immediate ROI. So um, instead of thinking like short term and, and trying to make a quick buck, uh, people should really care about their brand and, and build a brand, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, always have that view. I wish I had have built our brand from day one and, um, you know, went to market with a big brand and all the credibility indicators because we would have, it would have changed the revenue from day one. Okay, so um, like, What were your most important insights by building a brand? Like, like how to really do it? Like you, you said, like you, you, you've been, you've been doing like speaking gigs and speaking engagements. So, um, what else? Yeah, uh, I think the bulk of it was uh, a lot of creating educational, enter uh, not entertaining content, but for me, educational uh, content through, uh, you know, writing for Entrepreneur and Forbes and Business.com and a, a search engine guest journal. And all. Yeah, but, you know, I, I sort of see it as, yeah, there's guest blogging and then the level above that is when you're hitting the top tier editorial publications and that's when you have your own column and, and you're a regular contributor and those sorts of things. The, I, I see that as a little bit different, but, you know, it's the whole idea of trading up the chain to get there anyway. You've got to start with the smaller publications to then prove that you can write before you can go up to the next level and so on and so forth. Um, but, hitting those those bigger levels that's when 
you know, people see your content on Entrepreneur or see that you, you're written about in Forbes or, or whatever else. And those are some clear ticks of, of credibility to people. And, and so that a lot of writing is, is what I recommend and consistent writing for as long as you can. We still haven't stopped. I mean, I'm still sort of publishing 10 to 15 different pieces a month on different publications. Okay, and um, how 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 does one like get published on featured uh, on on Forbes and Entrepreneur and Inc and on all those big 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 websites? Like you just cold email them and say, "Hey, I'm Aaron. Um, <laughs> can I publish my content on Forbes?" Or how yeah, does it, work? <laughs> it doesn't work as effectively as it does on the smaller publications? So um, yeah, you got to you got to start that way on the smaller publications. Uh, you know, cold outreach works. Um, that's okay. why. Prove that you can write. Prove that you can, um, you know, create some good content that people would be happy to use on their website, and and start reaching out to bigger and bigger sites. The minute that you want to hit those top tier editorial publications, that takes a bit more effort and and focus, and that can come through um, introductions through people in your network, or it can come from um, you know research on LinkedIn to see who the editors are and understand the kind of content that they they write about and forming proper relationships with people uh, in, instead of just looking for that transactional thing where it's like <laughs> hey I just want to get published it's building something giving value to them before you expect to get something back yourself okay so like um, cold email outreach and just hitting up like like the, the journalists or writers on Forbes doesn't work as well and won't probably get you published on, on those well, sites. You, you can imagine how many people do that okay. constantly. There's no personalization. <laughs> it's just hitting these people up and they're getting their inbox flooded. Like now, now that I've been writing for all these publications, every day people are pitching me to write about their content. Like I'm a journalist. They, they want me to cover their product, <laughs> their service, <laughs> service in different publications. Uh, it's not me. You know, there's, it's, it's clear that people, there's too much automation. People aren't putting enough time, energy and effort into to getting what they want and they're taking the easy route and just it doesn't work. Okay, so um, like uh, our listeners should like focus on like the long term, on the big view, on building a personal brand, uh, creating content, creating value in the marketplace and um, they should also do like speaking engagements. What else? Like, what would be like other ways to, to build a brand over time and what to expect like in three months and six months from now? So is it is it really like a three-year thing or? Look, it's a, it's a never-ending thing and okay. it, it gathers uh, you know, gathers steam as, as it goes um, more and more over time. But you know, each thing feeds into the other as well. So what I mean is that once you're writing for a lot of these publications, you're then being people are finding you and asking you to contribute to expert roundups and asking to interview you on on podcasts and and different things like that. Um, each each one of those, then you're building credibility as well, and you're getting media content, you're getting video, you're getting written content. People are then um, seeing that you can talk, that you know how to interact with people, and that's when you start getting invited to speaking gigs. And that's when you can also be pushing for some speaking gigs to say, hey, look, I create a lot of content. I help a lot of people over here. I'd love to get on stage and help at, at this event. Um, everything leads to, to the next. And you know, in terms of what can you expect, you can expect to never stop doing it as long as you want to continue building your brand. Um, I, I can't give you... It's a never-ending process, right? I can't, yeah, I... 
you know, it works, especially the guest, you know, the guest blogging, the editorial contribution side of things works on so many different ways. It's, it's not just for credibility, though it gets that. It's people, you, you're able to prove no, that you're an expert. You're able to get um, great links back to whatever you want linking through to. Um, so it helps from a search perspective. You're then getting people clicking through to you organically. It's, it hits on so many different things that it's worthwhile doing forever. And so we we have no intent on stopping that. Sure. And um, I think like a lot of people are like 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 they they really want to to get results now. You know, like yeah. um, they they have to like feed the machine, feed the business, and um, so they need to make a little bit of cash. So they 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 are mostly saying like, oh no, building a personal brand takes a lot of uh, too lot of time or too much time. And um, like, what what could they short term? Because I think like um, speaking engagement is like a really really good idea. I had one like for 20 people, and like three people right away hit me up and said like, "Hey, Hardy, you're such a great guy." Blah blah blah. Can we work together? And I was like, "What? Here, here, only 20 people. The conversion rate is awesome, you know." So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. When, when you're speaking in front of 5,000 and you try yeah. to get off the stage, there's no way to be able to talk to everyone. So there's, there's a tipping point, but yeah, get the list of the speakers so that of, of the uh, event organizers so you can reach out after. Yeah. <laughs> so um, do you do you have any other ideas? For Uh, besides like doing speaking engagements? Yeah, look, the, the main things there are guest blogging, editorial contributions, um, the speaking engagements, and write a book. It's never been easier to publish a book or to get a book published. You know, there's um, the guys at, at Book in a Box or Scribe Media that uh, are fantastic. They can help people put it together if you don't think you have the time. Um, there are ways of getting it done, but it's just another... You know, can the can the direct publishing also like yeah yeah, yeah. look you know you it's another big credibility indicator for you so each of those things helps build a brand um you know if you're talking about how do i get a fast roi though do all that stuff but alongside it you've got to run some some paid channels some paid acquisition it's it's the fast traffic to your website you know run adwords run facebook there's there's ways of balancing that and your longer term seo and content um, you know, in terms of a great content strategy, something that doesn't take money but takes um, time, energy, and effort, and that is answer questions and solve problems in your industry through content. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in. If you're doing that, then you're immediately going to be of value to people um, and immediately proving that you know what you're talking about. Give away the farm in your content and people are going to come and hire you to do the work. Great advice. Great advice. So, um, like, um, in, in, in your opinion, what, what are like typical mistakes people do when starting a business? Uh, typical mistakes. So I see, uh, I see startups go and put all of their marketing budget into an SEO agency and don't do anything themselves. Think that they're going to be able to get leads and, and sales through immediately. And it's not something that I recommend. Uh, yeah, if you're a startup, you need that immediate ROI and the long-term stuff, you've got to play in multiple channels to be able to get that through. Um, the other thing is, you know, just thinking that they're doing content marketing um, and when all they're doing is writing about their product 
and you know, <laughs> creating creating a blog and writing about, hey, we were just in the news over here, or we just changed our product like this. Or, you know, they forget the the what's in it for them factor. You know, you, if you if you yeah. are not if you are answering questions, solving problems, and showing how your product helps solve, the, solve those problems and answers those questions, then yeah, that can work. But too many times we see a company where they're writing 300 word pieces of content about their product and wonder, and that's happening once a week, and they're wondering why they're not killing it with uh, their inbound marketing. <laughs> okay so anything else like 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 those mistakes anything else you have on your mind that people constantly do and you say like oh no this is the wrong way to go about this there's so many and it, it depends on, <laughs> on, the, on the type of business as well um oh, what do i see just i see a lot of people hiring agencies without knowledge of how things should be like you should know enough before you hire an agency to know that they're doing the right job uh, and uh, I ha one of the things that bothers me in the industry so in the SEO and content marketing industry there's virtually zero barrier to entry and so you get all these guys coming through that say they can get you traffic leads and sales and they're doing dodgy stuff and there's penalties <laughs> and all sorts of things. Tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. First first hundred customers. <laughs> yeah. And then and then they disappear and they're gone. And it damages the industry, damages damages the clients. Um and it it could be you know, you could not have that happen if you knew enough to ask the right questions of an agency before hiring them. And that's what I see a lot of mistakes in that area. And that's also where the credibility factor comes in. Like you can dif differentiate yourself from all the other agencies if you can say like you work with big brands, right? Big brands, time in the industry, um, where where you speak, where you write, uh, you know, awards, all that sort of stuff. Uh, that all matters when when you're choosing someone. That's okay. the difference between your sixty to a hundred thousand dollar contract and a million dollar contract. It can be that simple. <laughs> I like this. Okay, um, let's switch gears a bit. So I know you deal like with, with a lot of enterprise clients like Ford, Coca-Cola, IBM, and Target. So um, what is the best way to scale a, a business or to scale an agency? Like, like besides building a, a brand, like uh, uh, what about systems and stuff like this? So. So you're talking about what's the best way to grow an agency yeah. as big okay. as you can? Uh, look, I, I think the um, one of the key things there is making sure your sales engine is just smooth and, and flawless. You've got to have a healthy lead funnel and, and sales. Um, you can stick together the operations in the right way in the back end. Most agencies I ever see, uh, ever come across, most of the problems they have are typically with getting their own leads in. Um, Yeah, it's easy to get small business. It's easy to sell to small business clients. It's easy to sm sell small consulting packages. But when you're trying to sell to big, you know, medium to enterprise clients, you're not just going to send a cold email. You're not just going to direct message them on LinkedIn and think that you're going to close the CMO of a Fortune 500 <laughs> company. So you've got to you got to have the right lead gen processes, the right sales processes. And if you've got that side of it all, all sorted out, um, yeah, that. I'd, it's better to have that sorted out and have the operations as a problem than to have no pipeline and got your operations nailed because who are you 
Who are you operating it for if you've got no one coming through? Nobody. <laughs> Doesn't make a lot of sense. So um, you, you also were talking a little bit about sales. Like, like um, how does the sales process look like for your agency when, when dealing with, with, with such big clients like, like Coca-Cola or IBM? And um, it, it depends on the channel they come through on. So our most of our leads come through eating our own dog food, so to speak, in that um, they come through inbound marketing through certain okay. content. The good thing about that is that they, they're pre-sold on us. They know what we do. They've read our they're content. Qualified. They see the expertise. They, yeah, all of that. They see all the credibility, credibility indicators, and they come to us asking, I specifically need help with SEO, or I specifically need help with content strategy or content production or distribution, whatever it is. They know that we already do that and have done it well. So it's less than about convincing them of why they need to work with us and more simply saying, yep, we can do that, and let's get going. This is how much it costs. Um, so, yeah, that, another big benefit to, to having all this content out there and credibility indicators is that people come in pre-sold, and there's, there's less convincing, more just closing. Um, through colder channels, um, then, yeah, you, you've got you've to go through all those credibility indicators. You've got to do all that proof, all the case studies. You've got you to try and do all that at the same time as you know, pointing them in the right direction to, to be able to help them. So channel matters. Okay, so um, like like those big brands, they come through, the, through your funnel, like they read your content, um, then they contact you or your company, and um, you, you, you then uh, go with them on the call or you do like a live presentation. And how, how does this process work? Because I don't sure. think like uh, you go back and forth a little bit of emailing and closing like a $2 million deal or so. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, so our, our job let's just explain how the process this look like for your yeah, agent sure. um, as as they they come in uh, we book in a discovery call and that discovery call is typically a 15 20 minute call where we understand what the problem is what they of what we do um, on that call we talk about how we structure the work that we do uh, and that we do custom proposals for clients and we basically get them to the next stage, which is we'd love to put a custom proposal together for you. Um, once they agree to that, then uh, we sign NDAs. How long does the process take? Like they, they, hit, uh, they hit you up via email and um, then two days later you're on a discovery call? or Yep, yeah, that's or... accurate, yeah. Uh, I, I get on that discovery call as soon as possible. Um, or our sales team will get on on as quickly as possible to get to that point. Um, that all that happens in that one phone call as well, where we get them to the point of a custom proposal, and they say yes. Um, NDAs are signed the following day, um, so, so, following that day. so that we can access cool. analytics and um, whatever else that we need access to to be able to do proper forecasting. Yes, um, we ha spend about a week to do uh, a full deck and cost document um, where we, we map out everything we spoke about in the discovery call, we align it to, to different budgets, we do forecasting, all of that in, in a couple of decks, um, and then uh, book in the next call, and it's done over how, video call. Sorry. Um, how, how do you do your forecasting? I'm just, just interested. So, yeah, so we, we go in and look at their analytics. Now, most of the time, it's medium to enterprise clients. So we go in, and their analytics are configured where they've got 
all of their conversions already set up and configured. They've got the dollar amounts against those conversions. And our job is to go in and say, all right, if this is an, an SEO campaign and they want better rankings and traffic, we then say, yeah, if we can increase your traffic by 50%, then that's going to equal X amount of revenue for you based on your current conversions configured in analytics. So for us, it's it's key to drive it back to an actual dollar value ROI. Like like really showing them the statistics and um, how the ROI does look like instead of like saying those vague things like we are building a brand and no no really numbers or yeah like, no yeah. we 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 absolutely so we don't most of the businesses we work with that we don't have to spend time building brand they have brands um, oh. they just need to tweak them those are the medium to enterprise size clients. Um, so it's more for them. It's it's definitely saying here's here's your dollar value ROI based on what you're getting currently and what we see that we can do if you implement what we say. Okay, so um, let let's get back to the project. So um, you 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 go on the discovery call, then after the discovery call, you send them like a proposal, and um, they give you like uh, access to their analytics. And um, then you 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 say okay, what you exactly can do for them? You do the forecast, and um, so we, I'll I'll cut it. I'll take it back a step to make it right. <laughs> so we we do they come through. We do the discovery call. That next day we get access to analytics. Okay. We spend the next week building out a full deck and doing forecasting and everything. Um, so it's about seven days later, we're on another call, which is the proposal call where we go through everything in a lot of detail and it breaks down what we do, why we do it, how we do it, um, when to expect it, the expected results, all of those things in a lot of detail. Uh, and it's a call like this. It's a video call where we go through everything in detail um, and then we um, we answer as many questions as possible uh, and then it's follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. Follow-up, okay. So uh, because it, 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 it sounded like it was like a, a three-week thing, so it, it's also like like in, in most enterprise sales, it's like a, a six months, nine months, 12 months thing for your agency or um, could are you like, do you know how to shorten the sales cycle or is, is, is there any way to shorten the sales cycle? Uh, we're a lot shorter than that. Um, oh, we're okay. probably at maybe six to eight weeks. Um, eight weeks okay but what so, happens so contracts like seven figure to contracts yeah yep. yeah okay um, uh, that's you know, great the problem <laughs> the, the, the thing that takes time is simply all the different levels of approvals managerial approval and you know, legal and all these things that have to go through those big companies so what what we do is we you know we, we're used to dealing with that we make sure that what we deliver to the clients in those proposals is broken down in a way that is going to answer the questions of people who are not even in that meeting so that they okay. they have it all on Everything hand right away yeah yeah um and and then procurement typically come and get on the phone and and try and talk you down and and negotiate further and then eventually you get through on the other end <laughs> it sounds very simple. Sounds so, simple, yeah. <laughs> um, like, like, uh, what what kind of mistakes do you see in enterprise sets? Like, I think uh, a lot of people are washing deals, like uh, too much following up, a bit too much pressure, and what what do uh, you see like? Yeah, you know we. Uh, there's always a concern of, of you following up too much. But yeah. again, these people 
have come to us, they have a burning need or desire. They're already further down the sales funnel. They're already looking for something. When they're looking for something, they typically already have budget assigned for it. Um, and so all of these things, there's a lot of, of tick boxes already done prior to the point of, of, of getting to that. So we, we're not trying to drive everything home and, and try and sell them and convince them on every part all the way up until the end. Um, so they're qualified, right? Exactly. They come, they come through qualified because they're, they're inbound, which is why we love inbound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make, makes things way easier. Yeah. So um, let let's let's switch gears a, a bit. So um, I also know like you're big on content marketing, and we also were content marketing. And you say like people like uh, do this mistake of uh, talking a little bit too much about their stuff and their product, and instead of, of providing value for the marketplace. So um, what would be your 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 advice for people who are currently listening and um, they they want to do like inbound marketing and they don't really know how to start they have no clue about content marketing so um, yeah what what is your so, take on content marketing Yeah look we even use this really basic strategy for the biggest companies in the world don't write about your product or service go go around the web look at different question and answer sites places like quora for instance go on reddit understand the problems people are having within your industry talk from an industry level answer questions solve problems with content it's as simple as that now do that <laughs> again and again and again every day and you, you're going to be a resource for people people are what people need to understand is that and this is something that a lot of businesses struggle with, is that they write a piece of content, they want to go and measure that content and say, did I get sales from it? Did, you know, how do I measure if that was successful? That's, that's not what it's about. You know, there's multi-touch points before you can close a sale. And this content, editorial content, should be designed to prove your expertise, prove your credibility, prove you know what you're talking about, maybe someone will see it on social, maybe then someone will come to your website and opt into your email list, then they'll get the next blog post that you create. Then all of a sudden they have a need and they go, oh, this company is top of mind. I'm going to go and, and hit them up. Um, that's, that's how you've got to think of things. So answer questions, solve problems, keep that strategy going. Don't try and sell in every piece of content um, and people will start coming to you. I think uh, Basumo is also a great tool to, to get like topic ideas for yeah. content. Basumo is great. Um, Ahrefs is great as well. Ahrefs um, there's, there's, uh, yeah, are doing a lot of stuff with, uh, there's a whole section on questions in there now in their sort of keyword explorer area. There's, there's a lot of great tools to, to show you what's out there. Um, but you know, what, one of the things I like to do for clients is that make sure we revisit those sites every couple of days and check that people are repeatedly answer, asking those same questions or varying. Um, great advice so far. So um, for everybody who, who, who listens to this uh, episode and who, who wants to do like uh, inbound marketing and who, who, who has a, a, a strong work ethic and really wants to get this thing really fast going, what would be your advice for this person? Like how, uh, how, how, how much should they publish per week and how long should the, the articles be? Like for this person who, who really wants to get results right away. Like, so, so how, how should things, we go about this? So, 
we before one of the tasks that we do and whenever we kick off with big clients is we yeah. do a big um, audit of their content. And what I mean by that is we pull in data from analytics, from link profiles, from social data, all sorts of things. And what we're able to do is pull in really good information that says content published on these days performs better by links and time on site and bounce rate and social shares. Um, content published by this author performs better, content published on these topics or with this tone. And one of the key things that is 99.9% .9 of the time consistent across any site, any industry, is that long-form content outperforms short-form content in terms of links, time on site, social shares, and, and more. Um, and so in terms of what's long-form content, you know, a sweet spot of at least 2,000 words per post seems to be a good tipping point in order to, to get that, um, those results. So we, we continue to um, recommend long-form content to people, continue to recommend answering questions and, and solving problems. Um, one of the things that we're really focused on at the moment is the whole ranking in position zero um, in, in Google, and that's um, you know, in the featured snippet area. And there's, there's different markup and structure that you can do to your blog posts where if you see the questions people are asking, write that as the title, or, you know, what is X, Y, Z, answer that question as much detail as possible, put the right markup behind it, shoot up to position zero and watch yourself get a flood of traffic. That's how I would start <laughs> doing it. Yeah. Okay, this, this uh, sounds like it's working for you so far. <laughs> it works. It's, it's exciting. It's good opportunities at the moment. So, um, like, uh, your advice would be, like, publish, like, one piece of content per day with, with 2,000 words or is this too much? Uh, it's not too much. My advice would be write as much as humanly possible okay. uh, of the right quality. <laughs> so you can't, um, you know, being realistic, people are not going to be able to do that. But don't don't write four or five hundred word pieces and think that that's going to be as good as a good long form detailed 2000 word piece. It's as much quality content as you could possibly create. But the one thing that you do not want to do is content for the sake of content, and that's okay. that crappy three to five hundred word article that provides no value to anyone, and it's content for the sake of content. Okay, so 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 people should really like uh, write as much as they, they they could, right? As much as they can, but of value, like that's you know, funny. make sure that make sure someone's if, when we're creating content for clients, so we we write content for all of our clients. Our, our sort of tick of approval is would people share this socially and would they naturally link it to from their own websites? If if we get to the end of a piece and think, yeah, that's the case, then you're already making it a friction-free process in terms of getting those links and getting that social referral traffic. So a three to 500-word piece about your products is not going to do that, right? <laughs> Help the industry. Yeah. Lots of internal, external links, lots of data-based facts lots of um, imagery and personalization and, and so much more comes in. You know, be a person and provide value to people if you want, ever want to get anything back. <laughs> yeah, I uh, fully agree with you on this. So um, what is your take on SEO? Because I think like content marketing and SEO is like, it goes a bit like hand in hand. So um, what would be your advice on people who, who also want to utilize like, like off-page SEO? Yeah, uh, you know, SEO is the core of what we do, even for these big companies. Um, 
you yeah there's lots of different creative ways of where you can get links uh, you know I, i'm still talking on the, on the white hat side uh, abiding by google's terms of service there's still creative ways you can do from like resource pages and broken link building and all sorts of fancy stuff the reality is though that quality content is the basis of all of that link building you still can't get links unless you've got quality that's of value on the website so you've got to have it before any of that outreach is going to be successful. So um, again, again, if you're abiding by Google's terms of service, which I highly recommend you do. <laughs> so um, like like SEO should really be the, the, the core the core of uh, a successful inbound marketing strategy, right? Yeah, well, look, yeah, it's it's been said that it's SEO used to be something that you did to a website, and now it's the result of having a good business in that. If you are answering questions and solving problems just because you want to provide value to people, you're going to get those inbound leads eventually. Uh, if you're being mentioned in the press, then you're getting links from big editorial publications. If you're writing a column for a big publication, you're getting those links. So as a result, you're getting great links, you've got great content, you're going to start ranking for things. So looking at it through that lens, um, yeah, have great content and provide value and the SEO comes off the back of that and what i'm what i mean by that as well is that you don't don't just think it's going to happen you still need to hustle to get those links and to get those content you know, a, a column or being contributed to different places but it all it all feeds into each other okay so um i want to to go back to one topic you were also like talking a little bit about like paid advertising and um like should people like uh, like for for instance agency owners when they're selling those big contracts like for 400k 600 800 or 1 million or so does um like like uh uh really work for them because i think like the paid ads are, are like really expensive like google adverts like for seo you're paying like i don't know 50 dollars per click or so 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 do, do paid ads work for people is that what you yeah saying? yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, I mean they absolutely work, but it's just about it's being also like 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 for 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 those, uh, especially for those big contracts. Of course, they work for for um, a lot of people, but yeah, you know, people are always going to say that they they got a big contract or a big lead that came through a paid source, but it's it's not the norm in my experience. The norm is that okay. they need that multi-touch point. So okay. if you're, you know, that's why you'll create a blog, they'll, they'll read something. Wool of seven. Sorry? Wool seven. Wool of seven. Yeah, like yeah exactly. About this, they'll, yeah. They'll, they'll see something that you've written on Entrepreneur. They'll come back to your website. You've dropped a pixel on there. So then you're doing paid advertising because you're retargeting them okay. uh, on, on Facebook and, and wherever else. And so, uh, yeah, it all comes into play. And then you're hitting them up by email as well. And, you know, there's, that's the approach to, to being able to secure them or having a great referral system and great introductions and a great brand so that people come to you. Okay. And um, what is your take on like sales funnels? Because I think like it's uh, a lot of people are, are, are talking about sales funnels and um, like creating landing pages. And um, do you do you think like, that like for every business, this is a, a thing that would benefit them or... What is your take on, on sales funnels? Yeah. It, it depends on, you know, 
anything can be a funnel. Like your, okay. your website's a funnel. People coming in through organic traffic, hitting your website, and then completing a, a form on your site. That's a funnel. Um, everything's a sales funnel. If the, the more direct funnels that you're talking about there, um, I, I don't. I, I'm sure some people would disagree with me and say that they're applicable to all businesses, but they don't necessarily align with how some businesses want to be seen. You know, some businesses may not want to do the hard sell or you know the hard close or get 100% of low value traffic to fill in a form um, that then their sales team has to weed out and look for the the good one. So. It just depends on how the business is set up um, and what they want to be, how they want to be represented. Having said that, sales funnels are really great for a lot of smaller businesses and um, for B2C. I've seen a lot of great stuff on B2C. Um, but, I mean, they're great when done right. Um, there's a lot of people talking about them, just like you said. And I think it's one of those things where not everyone's doing it right, but a lot of people are talking about it. Okay, so it really depends on the context. Like um, for some people, it, it, it can work and uh, it does work, right? But um, like for for a few companies, um, they don't like the hard clothing and like buy the stuff now and all those kind of. Yeah. Uh, so, some businesses, some companies uh, are not designed to try and sell a product to, to someone or a service to someone. Some are there to educate or they're government entities or whatever else, you know, get people into a course. But there, there's there's loads of things that people uh, are not trying to immediately close people on. Um, and they're still, they, they're still judged by are they getting organic traffic, are their marketing numbers and KPIs being met, um, but they're not, it's not necessarily revenue-based. And Those people out there exist as well, and those sales funnels are probably not applicable to those people. So, um, Aaron, the, the episode has been great so far. Um, last question before I want to move on, like uh, one or two uh, personal questions. And um, what is your take on like uh, cold email? Like um, you, you were talking a little bit about uh, email outreach, and uh, I think you don't like it. So, <laughs> what is your take on on? on uh, code email outreach or doing code email uh, outreach to, to get clients or acquire new clients? and I, I think it, it works great. I don't like it for me to hit up medium to enterprise clients to build our agency clients. I think cold outreach can work really well for loads of businesses, especially selling to smaller businesses or um, you know, B2C. There's There's a world of opportunity there. Every every channel works. That's, that's the thing. I remember starting starting 11 years ago. I wasn't sure which channel to go to and didn't know which path to go down and all of that. The reality is there are case studies and businesses who are successful in every channel out there, and it's more about what's most applicable to your business and how do you want to be seen and how do you want to approach people. Okay, so... Um It can work, but it's just in in your personal opinion, you just don't like it to build can your own agency. Yeah, can so, work doesn't work for me in doing yeah. what I'm trying to do with my particular target audience. Okay, so um, to to move this this conversation personal, um, what did excite you the most in the past two years, like? A lot of people talk like uh, like about uh, about their relationships or health or it could be about business, um, whatever. Like, w what were your like your your most important learnings in the past two years? 
like what did you uh, excite you the most Uh, the thing that excited me the most in the last two years was probably uh, I moved countries. I moved from uh, Sydney, Australia to Singapore. And oh, okay. being you're here in Singapore. Singapore? I am in Singapore right now, ah, yeah. Good. Yeah. Fantastic in many ways, just uh, invigorating and great to meet new people and access to countries that I love just on the doorstep and... A lot of a lot of really cool stuff and business growth off the back of it. Um, I think it was a good move. Uh, that that's what's excited me lately. Okay, great. So um, last question to to end this this podcast. Um, um, what would you tell your twenty year old self? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, no question or? <laughs> there's not just, I think I'd slap my twenty year old self around a bit. <laughs> uh, Look, I was having in in my my twenties. I was having a lot of fun. Um, I, was, I was doing a lot of fun stuff till about my mid to late twenties. Um, so I would probably <laughs> don't marry that girl. <laughs> that, would, that would have been good. That would have saved me some uh, some headaches in my mid twenties. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it has been so great um where can people work with you where where can they connect with you tell them um like anyone that wants wants help wants to chat um or or would like us to to help them you know work wise through the agency feel free to reach out doesn't matter who you are size of the company anything like that i'm happy to talk and give you some time uh you can reach us at louder.online so l-o-u-d-e-r.online um, or find me on LinkedIn or at Twitter at I am Aaron Aegis or literally Google my name. If you can't find me, I've done something wrong. Um, all of that content I've been creating should be right there. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for being here, Aaron. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.